0: Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome to Saturday, a podcast for sads and gays, also known as Mitch McConnell's personal hell. I'm kinda Kyle, also known as the human embodiment of a straight jacket in rainbow colors. So, today we are continuing the previous episode that I left on. Now, mind you, in the previous episode... I described being far more prepared than I actually am. So, let's just start off with that. You know, music makes the bourgeoisie have a rebel. And I didn't do anything today. When in doubt, just recite Madonna lyrics. That's always my advice, and that's where we're going to begin. Last week, I was talking about Queer content creators. Now, here's the thing. I intended to get very specific. I intended to state facts, to have quotes from famous authors and philosophers and so on and so forth. And I do have some quotes, mind you. I absolutely do. And my whole spiel in this upcoming episode would be about how socially and culturally we understand ourselves as artists and creators and how that's capital-driven, capitalist-driven, rather, and how capitalism impacts this idea of individualism and how individualism leads us to commodify ourselves and the impact that has on specifically marginalized people uh, and what that means living in a society and doing stuff, and things, and things, and also stuff, and as I was preparing, (laughs) it's nine o'clock on a Saturday, everything turned to shit, so as I (laughs) was working on this episode, I caught the flu, I was forced to quarantine for reasons that I can't explain too much into detail any more than that, because what the fuck is going on? Again, as I love to say, as my signature quote is, um, do you have any tartare on the menu? And also, fuck this and everything's gone to shit. My signature quotes. As as we all know, at this point, I wasn't able... To do my thorough research, I was thwarted. I was prevented. I was. I was choked. I was. I was. I was cuckold by myself. Cuckold by myself will be the name of my memoir. Coming out <laughs> at the apocalypse, which is tomorrow. Uh, mark your calendars. Tomorrow is fuck this shit. O'clock, aka the apocalypse. So I wasn't able to do a thorough episode like that. And then while I was thinking of content creators, queer content creators, uh, a thing happened and a lot of angry, dumb, I, shit happened. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not censoring myself. The Capitol, uh, the hunger games, uh, shitty American, uh, not even Spielberg's S version of Les Misérables. It's like who's the jerk? A Mel Gibson version of Les Misérables featuring music by Toby Keith <laughs> happened. <laughs> happened recently. And that left everyone all sorts of feels. And so I'm thinking of trauma and content creators and queer content creators and any content like <laughs> black content creators specifically people who have to create with an additional burden of having their identity always be viewed as the forefront and also having limited means to make your content accessible because of the identity that you are because of your identity, I was going to say that you win body. I don't know. It's getting too meta. Blah, blah 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 blah. Yes, and therefore yes. So here I am, sitting on my tin can, far deep into this shit. Planet Earth screws, and there's nothing I can do except be here and be present in the moment. This episode is about trying to be present in the moment and recovery and queer content as well content in general clearly this podcast is geared towards gay people who probably howl at the moon crying to Joni Mitchell and fishnets at like five in the morning but still it's meant it's It's meant for people who can relate to the process of being sad and weird. Because weird is gay, as everyone knows. It's all the same. You say tomato, I say Reese Witherspoon. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? So in last week's episode, I talked about who gets to write, who gets to create, and what does that mean. And I believe I referenced Virginia Woolf. So, let's start at the beginning. She drowned herself and died. Virginia Woolf. AKA, I don't know why I said AKA, AK-47. Smoke AK-47. It's actually really good weed. Now I'll get extremely distracted. Virginia Woolf wrote this essay known as of romophone's own this was actually a series of essays i believe and it was lectures she gave to uh at cambridge university i'm pretty sure either cambridge or oxford don't fact check me i'm just gonna be reading from this it was virginia Woolf. trust me like you can fact check me on that because i know it was virginia Woolf. so this essay is called women in fiction her summary is essentially that in order to be a writer You need money and a room of one's own. You need the resources to have privacy, to have silence, and to be able to work on your writing exclusively in order to be a quote-unquote capital W writer or capital C cunt, just kidding, creator, capital C creator, You need money, privilege, resources, resources. So Virginia Wolf describes she's addressing this question of why does male authored fiction represent this, this and this? And why does women authored fiction represent this, this and this? So why? During that time, it would have been around the 1900s, 1928, I believe this was written. Please, again, don't quote me on that. Late 20s, early 30s. Why, she's responding to this public question, public cultural question. Why are male-authored texts, uh, you know, British, primarily British-American-authored 20th century te- text, early 20th century novels centered around adventures and men traveling and all this stuff, while women's novels tend to be social, novels of social issues, romance novels, novels of, like, psychological interiority, they ask. And she says that's because women have not had the opportunities to be a Don Quixote, to travel, to, you know fuck bitches get money they haven't henny even to this day fight me fucking prager university what up eight six seven five three oh nine okay okay there you go She's addressing this problem. She's addressing this question by saying, because, like, the reason why men have novels about being badasses and fighting this and that, first of all, that's the generalization. Anyway, but she's saying, if that's the belief, it's because you don't give people, women, the opportunity to do so. Because you've forced them into domestic roles where they are forced to confront their psychological interiority. How you doing? Now, I had a good quote here, yes. Here's, here's something she writes that I really like. Indeed, if women had no existence save in fiction written by men, one would imagine her a person of the utmost importance, very, various, heroic, and mean, splendid and sordid, infinitely beautiful, and hideous in the extreme. As great as a man, some think even greater. But, in reality... Wolf goes on to say she was locked up, beaten, and flung about the room. So you can have these stories by men which feature women that are very complex and heroic and all these things. Meanwhile, women are, the culture understands women-written novels as less invested in that sort of thing because these authors have been so often locked up, beaten, flung, or kept to their own space, their own sphere which prevented them from creating the content that they could have created, that they eventually create, that critiques male power, and fuck yes. Fuck yeah, give it to me, Virginia Woolf, that is what I want. Virginia Woolf is sad, like Lana Del Rey. Nowadays, I believe that this is an issue... Certain content creators face now. This is Virginia Woolf writing, who is a white woman, who is a white British woman. And this was actually a course of reading I was given in a course I took not too long ago. And this is a piece that responds in many ways to Virginia Woolf. I've actually really so this is by alice walker she's also the author of the color purple and she describes basically what virginia Woolf is describing just saying like imagine what it's like for black women okay so you haven't had a room of your own you haven't had money of your own imagine not even being able to have a space of your own to even have a room to even be considered a person (laughs) to even be considered a person she writes this is in search of our mother's garden by the way how was the creativity of the black woman kept alive year after year and century after century when for most of the years black people have been in america it was punishable crime for a black person to read or write and the freedom to paint, to sculpt, to expand the mind with action did not exist. Consider, if you can bear to imagine it, what might have been the results if singing, too, had been forbidden by law. Listen to the voices of Bessie Smith, Billie Holiday, Nina Simone, Roberta Flack, and Aretha Franklin, among others, and imagine those voices muzzled for life. Then you may begin to comprehend the lives of our crazy, sainted mothers and grandmothers. This is what I think of when I think of any type of art and how people get access to them. And I also think of this in terms of recent issues that have happened politically and the narrative that people are spun and what that says about who gets to create and who gets to spin the narrative and how that says so much about how we see ourselves and how we interact with each other. I discussed last week that I wrote a blog. Before I did this podcast, I wrote the blog. I had an idea to do a podcast for a while, and before this, I wrote a blog... I discussed before at 1.2 my struggle with mental health, my struggle with uh borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder, OCD, Asperger's, <laughs> undiagnosed Asperger's. You know, hey baby I hear the blues are calling to salad and scrambled eggs. Uh the list goes on and on. And my journey of mental health recovery and my journey as a writer has so closely involved addressing these issues of accessibility and how, how knowledge and narratives are afforded to us. This is something that Wolf and Walker discuss at length. It was, it's not only, it not only is reflected in these essays, it's reflected in novels that they've written. Orlando is, Amazing if you haven't read it by Virginia Woolf the color purple is amazing by Alice Walker Queer content creators Their work in my opinion so often Represent this equal resilience now obviously I can't just make all queer content creators make them all seem the same and struggling with the same issues. It's clearly not the case. Annie. It ain't the case. We come from so many different degrees of privilege and opportunity. So this is something that Walker talks about in her essay. Black women in this country, when they were slaves, uh, were not given the opportunity to read or write. There's still educational disadvantages among people of color and the content we consume is a reflection of this power imbalance of white supremacy of heterosexism and i know people are probably gonna say yeah bitch we know like we read you ain't teaching us this you're you're not teaching us this shit bitch like we fucking know this we have youtube like we go on tiktok we fucking go on instagram we go on twitter we see this shit we fucking know we're not listening to your white gay ass just because you have a fucking sad face behind a rainbow on your podcast and you're like meh I know things I don't know shit I don't know shit but what I do know is that I have been taught this narrative of the American dream of this of this narrative it's not even the American I think what it is is this narrative that writing and creating will be soul fulfilling Will make you a better person will that if you don't write and you don't have success and you don't have followers and you don't have that thing published and you're not acknowledged by this person, then your content is shit then you don't have anything valuable to say. You're not doing it right. You need to know how to market. You need to be able-bodied. You need to be neurotypical. You need to know exactly how to process this and that and how to make everyone agree with this. And that's more followers, and that means better content, more quality, associating the followers and the fandom with the quality of the work. I'm questioning that. I'm questioning that, but I also believe in aesthetics and I also recognize that aesthetics themselves, that principles of beauty, principles of quality, how we assess things is very constructed and organized by the identities that we have been taught to embody and to become a la whiteness in my family. A la straightness in my family. A la Catholic, Irish Catholic guilds. I say as I'm making the cross sign, fucking reenacting Carrie. Like, I didn't sin, mama. Oof, lord. Those things all contribute to who we are as people and to how we make our content, everybody, and also how we consume it. And recently, I've been doing work and I've seen so many other people doing work, scholars, activists, TikTok activists, fucking Instagram activists, fucking people outside of that, organizers, people that have met on Twitter that are meeting up because it's COVID and it's insane that all of this is happening. And obviously, you know, fucking 2020 was... 2020 was the alternative ending to Rosemary's Baby. It was an alternative ending to Rosemary's Baby. And that has (laughs) caused fuck this shit. It's caused us to confront things we've needed to change i think in many ways it's caused us to rely on artists more entertainment as a huge form of one how we cope with trauma but also how we reenact trauma re expose ourselves to trauma re even apathy is a way of just kind of making the trauma worse because you know you're forgetting something you know you're blocking out something. So, I'd also recently read this novel by Susan Son- this book. Ask me about the distinction between books and novels. <laughs> and my life, and my life, bitch, you better end my life. So, Susan Sontag talks about photography a lot she wrote about photos and stuff and things and stuff and she also wrote closer towards uh the end of her life a response to the previous work she'd written about photography and this is called regarding the pain of others now i'm not gonna lie i did finish the book but i don't have the book with me because did i mention oh yes i am no longer in a car like i was last week's episode i am now in a basement You know, baby steps. You just keep on trucking, you know, like you're, you just, you're like a sedan, and you just get a flat tire, and you just, you become a truck. It's the same way that the ugly duckling became a swan. Somehow, I think, like, they might have, I think it's really a novel about being transgender. Novel. Quack. Keep on trucking. You're just a sedan and you just turn into a truck and you, you keep trucking. In her book regarding the pain of others. Susan Sontag talks about the impact of photography as reproducing trauma and pain and also how we culturally understand that there's two quotes that I grabbed from Goodreads that I really wanted to talk about that I think are useful to thinking about how trauma is reflected in content in our queer content. Cause this is going to be queer content part two, or, uh, I don't know, revenge of the diet Coke, whorehouse. That's the one. Susan Sontag writes, Yes, I've been drinking. I just got out of everything. Rosemary's baby. Rosemary's baby. Susan Sontag writes, All memory is individual, unreproducible. It dies with each person. What is called collective memory is not a remembering, but a stipulating that this is important and this is the story about how it happened with the picture that locks the story in our minds. So when we're given a narrative, when we're given an image, when we're given a particular story, it causes us to have an understanding of a collective memory. And this is another thing that she wrote that I really liked. She's kind of comparing the distinction between Photography and image versus word or story. She writes, narrative can make us understand. I just, why, did I, why do I feel like I said that like Lola from Big Mouth? I did, that's terrible. That's fucking awful. I'm so sorry. You will never hear that again. She writes, narratives can make us understand. Ph- photographs. I was going to f- say photographs. Photographs do something else. Take two. I'm sorry. I'm a dumb bitch. Okay. Narratives can make us understand photographs do something else. They haunt us. They haunt us. They haunt us and they burn a specific memory into our brains. That is a collective memory that creates a narrative of how we are to interpret society as such. And those narratives bringing this all together, These narratives are often produced and presented by people who have money and who have opportunity and who have a room of one's own and who is Rory Gilmore, who had a very supportive, awesome mom who went to Yale and then ended up becoming amazing and the end. That's my podcast. Bye. No, I'm just kidding. (sighs) The ways we understand a certain narrative are so often intertwined with the ways that the people who spin that narrative come from a specific group building of support for that person and that identity. And what does this mean for creators who don't embody that? Well, shit. I don't know. Do we raid the... The the what's not the Capitol building? Do we raid Starbucks? Do we raid a Starbucks? I mean, I feel like Starbucks has more power than the Capitol right now, and that's is it sad or is it just life or is this or is this just Rosemary's Baby, the trilogy, the Empire Strikes Back. You know, in conclusion, the role of queer content creators, I don't know if it has to do with getting all these likes, getting all these follows, paying attention to the algorithm, not being what's that word? Shadow ban. The word is shadow ban, and I struggled with it. Oh, shadow ban sounds like a villain in a Spider-Man movie that wears Purple and blue, and like black, and maybe looks kind of like Prince, but mixed with a little bit of Catwoman, and then somehow ends up turning into Spider Man, but then like getting him to just like destroy the news industry. Did I just come up with a new fan fiction? I think I fucking did. I'm pretty sure I fucking did. So, when we create if you're at the point right now, and I think this is the question that I'm getting at, I've been taught because of as last week's episode show, has shown, I was not taught to make a living solely off of my art and maybe if i had i would be (laughs) in a different place by now and i can't fantasize about that but the point being is that right now i'm not getting any money from this podcast i do have an income and i'm so grateful for that so many people don't check on your friends who don't venmo them they don't have to do anything special don't expect them to they're not your personal fucking performance monkey so venmo them reach out to them as i work on this work i'm not getting money from this and i don't expect to and i get by on the other income that i have meanwhile there are other people who have multiple other who are doing this living off of this and get money off this or people who have a side job that makes more than me already and are making money off that this and not envious of that it's all cool, it's all gravy baby as the kids say, you know as the zoomers and the kaboomers and bloomers, the doomers say as we continue to create I wonder how much Certain artists that have had to live in certain ways question their content as valuable depending on the income and the followers. And maybe that's not even a question that should be asked. Maybe I should just go with the flow and not think about content strategy and not think about the algorithms and pretend that shadow banning is a thing and not just a prince supervillain in a Spider-Man series that I just created. But I can't do that. I can't help but question these types of things. And in conclusion, this episode was brought to you by Mitch on a Bitch, my new children's story. Here comes Mitch. Oh, look. There's a bitch. This bitch hates Mitch. See Mitch on the bitch? The bitch hopes Mitch falls into a ditch. More on that story to come soon. Alright, well, that is my podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, this is Saturday. My name is Kinda Kyle, and you can find me on Instagram or TikTok at k-i-n-d-a underscore k-y-l-e if you like this podcast please subscribe to my podcast also if you could rate and review me that would be hot love you guys and It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. Okay, love you. Bye-bye.